will regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. So glad you've joined us on the program today. Hey, want to give you a heads up. At BearingArms.com, I have a preview of the five Second Amendment cases that the Supreme Court is considering in conference. You know, we've got New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin. That is the case that the Supreme Court has accepted. Oral arguments in that case, which deals with a challenge to New York's carry permitting laws, uh, slated for early November. But there are five other cases that the Supreme Court is considering in conference beginning this week. Don't know how long it's going to take for them to resolve uh, all of these cases. It is highly unlikely that they are going to accept all of these cases. But uh, we do have a preview of all five, again, at BearingArms.com for you to check out, uh, including a challenge to New Jersey's magazine ban. You've got a challenge to New Jersey's carry laws, uh, as well as a couple of other uh, interesting cases. I won't, I won't say they're minor, but the uh, the questions that they are presenting to the court uh, are, are, are not necessarily dealing with things like, you know, gun bans and things of that nature. So uh, be sure to check that out at Bearing Arms today, uh, BearingArms.com today. And of course, we will keep you updated on uh, the Supreme Court case that has been accepted, the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association versus Bruin uh, between now and November. In fact, we still have some other amicus briefs to uh, discuss at BearingArms.com, but we'll do that uh, on the website today. Here on the show, we are uh, focusing on a story out of Detroit. You know, our friend Rick Hector uh, from Legally Armed in Detroit recently held his annual gun training class. I mean, Rick has been doing this for, I believe, now seven years, and it's gotten to the point where every year, hundreds, if not more than a thousand women, get a, a free uh, basic pistol lesson. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, the, the, the turnout that Rick is able to achieve year in and year out this year, no exception. Again, more than a thousand women over the course of two days, uh, getting some instruction from Rick and other volunteer instructors. And the website Bridge Detroit, I think, kind of used this as the jumping off point for a story about who's carrying uh, in Detroit and why Detroit gun owners choose to carry. I got to say, I thought this was a, a a a pretty fair story. There are obviously critics uh, of the right to carry who are quoted in this story, but I, I really appreciated actually hearing from just the average gun owners in Detroit about why it is that they are embracing uh, their right to keep and bear arms. And I wanted to highlight some of these uh, comments. The Detroit Bridge writes, uh, in this country's origin story, black Americans were largely restricted from owning guns. Yet in Detroit today, citizens are increasingly turning to gun ownership for a sense of protection and sometimes because of a constitutional right to carry. As of July 1st, Wayne County has 120,996 concealed pistol licenses. Wayne County, Michigan alone with more than 120,000 concealed carry licenses. That is not, by the way, they say, include the proliferation of illegal firearms or those who carry without permits. Uh, Nicole Kirkwood, a Detroit police sergeant, said the department has recovered 5,900 firearms on the street so far in 2021 and has made more than 4,700 gun arrests this year alone because of those people, uh, the large number of people who are carrying illegally. I think that that prompts more Detroit residents to legally acquire a firearm. I would note, however, that despite the 121,000 or so active concealed carry licenses in Wayne County, Wayne County is also facing a lawsuit over delays 
in approving concealed carry applications. If you go to Oakland County or Macomb County, some of the Detroit suburbs, they're able to process these applications in 30 days or less. Wayne County, on the other hand, is taking months, four months, five months, six months, sometimes longer than that. Uh, and they are one of several jurisdictions around the country that has been sued over these delays. Because in Michigan, if you're caught carrying a gun without a license, it's a felony offense. It's supposed to come with a mandatory two-year minimum prison sentence. So what do you do if you're a legal gun owner in Detroit? You would like to legally carry that firearm for self-defense, but you can't do so, at least not uh, concealed, without committing a felony. I would argue that there are some folks who are, you know, choosing to run that risk. They're, they're not legally ineligible to carry a firearm. They just don't have their government-issued permission slip because of the delays that we're seeing there in Wayne County. Now, this uh, particular story doesn't get into those delays, which I, I'm a little disappointed that they talk about the number of concealed carry licensees, but they don't talk about the hurdles that the city is putting in place of those who would like to obtain their carry license. But uh, like I said, it's, overall, it's a pretty fair story. And we do hear from Detroit gun owners um, about why they're choosing to do so. Richard Faulkner, for instance, a 66-year-old Detroiter uh, on the city's northwest side, said he owns a gun to protect his home and his family. Uh, decided to learn more about guns after witnessing a break-in at his neighbor's home about five years ago. See, the guy's early 60s when he decides to embrace his Second Amendment rights. And he said now he would still own a gun even if he didn't live in Detroit. And he said, now that I own a gun and I've done some research, I'd keep it. Even if I move somewhere with no real crime because there's just such easy access to get guns. That doesn't change when you move out to the country. That doesn't change when you move to a place with less crime. And he's right about that. Now, one thing that I also found interesting about this story, for those of you who are longtime Second Amendment advocates, you remember former Detroit Police Chief James Craig. He was a very pro-gun police chief. He was also not politically appointed like most big city police chiefs are. Uh, he came to office right after the uh, mayor of Detroit was found guilty of uh, bribery and corruption. And there were uh, basically the, 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 the city was taken over by the state. The management of the city was taken over by the state. And uh, James Craig was appointed police chief. And he didn't really have to answer to an anti-gun mayor. And Mayor, excuse me, Chief Craig said, look, I want people to get their concealed carry license. I want people to be able to protect themselves. Legal gun owners are not the problem that we're dealing with here in Detroit. Uh, and I want people to get that education. I want people to get that training. I want people to be able to protect themselves. Well, James Craig is no longer the chief of police in Detroit. Uh, he is, however, uh, prepping a run for Senate, uh, excuse me, for governor uh, in the uh, state of Michigan. Fingers crossed that uh, he gets elected. But the new chief... James White has a very different point of view when it comes to our right to bear arms in self-defense. He says, quote, I'm not trying to be political with this, but I think that there's far too many guns on the streets and it's too easy for folks to access these weapons. Well, again, I think we have to separate those who are illegally carrying a firearm and those who are legally carrying a firearm. Because I would hazard a guess, I don't know the stats right in front of me, but I would hazard a guess that the Number of licensed concealed carry holders in Detroit who have been charged with murder or even another violent offense this year is close to zero. You, you really don't hear about that uh, in Detroit. Now, I also happen to believe that uh, Wayne County uh, should be making it even easier for individuals to understand what the law is in order for them to uh, get their carry license so that you have people who 
are not carrying illegally, uh, even though they're legally eligible to obtain a concealed carry license. And again, one of the things that they can do is to ensure that these applications are processed in the time allotted to them under law. Uh, but, you know, look, I, I can understand the chief's perspective. Look, you got far too. I wouldn't say that there are far too many guns out there. I would say that you have far too many Detroiters who are using firearms in the commission of a violent crime, which, by the way, leads to more Detroit residents lawfully becoming gun owners because they want to protect themselves. One of them is Tanisha Moner. When she was 17, Tanisha Moner was kidnapped. She was robbed. She was sexually assaulted. Not long after that, Detroit Bridge writes, she was again robbed at gunpoint while managing a Burger King. After her experience, she developed post-traumatic stress disorder and developed a severe fear of firearms. So in her mid-30s, she started taking gun safety classes. And Tanisha Moner has now gone from being deathly afraid of firearms to a firearms instructor herself. In fact, she was one of those instructors uh, who was helping Rick out at his recent event where, again, more than a thousand women got a free basic pistol lesson. Uh, that class, as uh, Detroit Bridge writes, has started 10 years ago as a way to teach women how to defend themselves. This year, the class taught at two gun ranges in Taylor, Michigan. Annual class started by Rick Ector, a uh, NRA certified gun instructor in Detroit who did not become a gun enthusiast until adulthood after he himself was robbed at gunpoint in his driveway in 2006. You know, ironically enough, um, gun control advocates tell us, you know, if we just got rid of all the guns and all this crime would stop, right? We're never going to get rid of all of the guns out there. We're not. What we can do is actually focus on the much smaller number of individuals who misuse guns and violent crime. That, that, that we can accomplish. That we can take care of. And we can actually lower the homicide rate. We can reduce the rates of violent crime, unlike what we saw in city after city last year. FBI reporting today that the uh, biggest one-year murder increase in U.S. history, uh, homicides up about 40% compared to 2019. And a lot of these cities are still going in the wrong direction. And I would argue that one of the things that these cities need to be doing is they need to scrap this abstinence uh, uh, of philosophy when it comes to gun ownership. Don't talk about it. Don't say anything about it. Certainly don't provide any education or training for people. Just tell people don't own a gun and then pass laws to criminalize the Second Amendment. And that should take care of the problem. No, it's not. It won't take care of the problem at all. What we need to be doing is ensuring that folks who can, again, legally exercise their Second Amendment rights can do so, that they have the education and training in order to be a responsible gun owner. And that means in a lot of these cities, getting rid of these restrictive ordinances or frankly, just the attitudes that have been in place for decades that treat the exercise of a constitutional right as a taboo act. And I would argue that even in Wayne County, Michigan, where there are already 120,000 plus concealed carry holders, the folks in charge don't like that and want to do everything that they can to keep people away from their right to keep and bear arms. I don't believe that accomplishes anything in terms of public safety. By cracking down on a constitutional right, you do not crack down on violent crime. In order to do that, you've got to go after the individuals who are actually committing these acts of violence. And that is a, uh, look, it's a challenge, particularly in cities where the homicide clearance rate is below 50%. 
the uh, clearance rate for non-fatal shootings maybe somewhere between you know five percent in Chicago. I think it's a twenty-nine percent, no, fifteen percent in uh, Philadelphia, PA. Not sure what it is in Detroit right now, but I'm sure it's not over fifty percent. There are real challenges, but there are also again real strategies that could be done, put in place without the need for new gun control laws. Frankly, without the need for a lot of additional spending. Simply, you know, making those most violent offenders the top priority for law enforcement can go a long way towards making places like Detroit a safer place. And uh, that, in turn, could lead to fewer people who feel like they need to buy a gun, which would please the gun control activists. But ironically enough, as I said, <laughs> you don't get there through more gun control. What, what typically happens in a lot of these democratic-controlled cities is they slap another gun control on the books. It doesn't do anything, and more people end up wanting to embrace their Second Amendment rights. I know it is a conundrum for the gun control activists. It really is. I, I, if, if, they, if their main concern was reducing violent crime, it would be a conundrum for the gun control activists. I don't think it is. I think their main concern is preventing gun ownership itself. This is, after all, a gun control movement, not a crime prevention movement. And I'm sure that they are uh, bitterly disappointed at uh, seeing the growing number of Detroiters who are embracing their right to keep and bear arms. All right, let's turn our attention now to today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day. Our recidivist report will start there with a story out of New York City where a gang member on probation busted for allegedly shooting a man on a uh, city bike, like a, a little, you know, bike share. 19-year-old Isaac Jordan, uh, who the New York Post says is affiliated with the Gates Farm Gang, fired at the 18-year-old victim, who is a known Crips gang member, uh, as he rode the rent-a-bike in uh, Brooklyn around 4 p.m. last Thursday. Uh, the victim, who was Jordan's intended target, taken to a local hospital, is expected to survive. After the shooting, Jordan then bolted into a nearby building, tossed a gun out of a window of a fourth-floor apartment. Uh-huh. Jordan was uh, ultimately arrested, charged with attempted murder, assault, criminal use of a firearm, criminal possession of a weapon, as well as a reckless endangerment. And the uh, New York Post reports that uh, young Mr. Jordan, again, already on probation for a uh, offense back in, I believe this was last year. Uh, Jordan was sentenced to five years probation, 2019. Five years probation as a youthful offender when a Brooklyn judge bungled uh, bundled, rather, and perhaps bungled, bundled two of his previous cases, one a non-fatal shooting from December of 2019, in which he was charged with second-degree assault, and any other uh, uh, civil possession of a weapon case from June of 2020, uh, when he was uh, 17. So this guy actually wasn't just facing possessory charges. He was facing assault charges. He was accused of shooting somebody. And he ended up getting five years probation last year. Over the objection, by the way, of the Brooklyn DA's office, who had asked that uh, Jordan be sentenced to seven years behind bars, Jordan's probation began this past June and expires in 2026. Source telling the uh, New York Post, Judge Craig Walker, quote, let him walk. Some guys need to be in jail. This guy is giving away the store. Yeah. Well, maybe another gun control law in New York City will uh, help stop things like this. Probably not. Ensuring that there are consequences for violent crimes? That would go a long way to helping. But again, it doesn't seem to be happening that much in places hardest hit by the uh, rise in violence. Today's Armed Citizen story from Tranquility, California, which was not a tranquil place last week. 
when uh, 27-year-old Mark Castro uh, was shot and killed in what police are saying was an act of self-defense. It was about uh, 1.40 Wednesday afternoon. Deputies in uh, Fresno, California, got a report of a uh, shooting. When they arrived, they were directed to a, a travel trailer parked on this property. Uh, inside, they say they found Mark Castro dead from a gunshot wound. During an investigation, the detectives say that they learned that Castro had forced his way into the trailer and was confronted by the owner. Detectives say that uh, Castro refused to leave. The owner felt threatened and then shot Castro. Again, uh, the investigation's ongoing, but right now, this looks like a, a case of self-defense. We'll keep our eyes on the story, bringing you any more details as they become available. And uh, finally today, our good deed of the day from the Washington, D.C. suburbs of Montgomery County, Maryland, where an off-duty officer in the right place at the right time, wasn't able to do the right thing, to save a woman from a burning car. This was uh, Thursday night in Bethesda, Maryland. Officer uh, Felix Fortuna noticed that a, a car had gone off the road, had struck a tree, and was starting to catch fire. Uh, so he's off duty, but he's there. So he pulls over, gets out. With the help of other bystanders, he, uh, we're able to pull the 61-year-old woman out of the car, which at that point did have visible flames from the front end of the vehicle. Uh, moments later, Montgomery County Fire Rescue responded to the scene, uh, administered first aid to the victim, the uh, woman and her 13-year-old child, both taken to the hospital for treatment. Police say the uh, woman may have lost control of the car before she crashed into the, t uh, into the uh, tree. The uh, teen able to get out of the car safely before help arrived. And uh, the good news is it looks like both of them are going to be okay. Uh, officer Felix Fortuna said, quote, I wouldn't say I'm a hero. I think any Montgomery County police officer in the same situation would have acted the same way. Obviously, that family uh, was in need of help, and I just sprang into action. Well, you know, again, I, I would like to think that uh, Officer Fortuna is right. There were other armed, excuse me, armed citizens. There were other good Samaritans uh, who saw what was going on and, and also assisted the officer in uh, extricating that woman from the car. But, you know, sadly, you know this and I know this. There are also lots of folks who saw what was going on and just drove by, maybe even thought to themselves, ah, they got it covered. And maybe even before uh, Officer Fortuna had shown up, they drove by thinking somebody else's problem. But uh, Officer Felix Fortuna and the uh, other Good Samaritans did not, did not have that line of thought. Instead, they uh, quickly acted and saved a life in the process. So uh, in the right place at the right time, willing able to do the right thing. Officer Felix Fortuna with Montgomery County Police, we uh, thank you, as well as the other Good Samaritans, for your very, very good deed. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program, as always. We will be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second Amendment news and information from all across the nation. But don't forget, in the meantime, you can always check out BearingArms.com. Find out even more stories and more info that you need to know about when it comes to your Second Amendment rights. If you like what you see, we would uh, encourage you to become a VIP member as well. All you have to do is go to BearingArms.com slash subscribe. You can use the promo code GUNS, G-U-N-S, to get 25% off of your VIP membership. And as our way of saying thank you, we're going to give you exclusive analysis, commentary, news stories, and more, because we really do appreciate your support. It allows us to do things like this, and, uh, and we like to think that that matters. So have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow with even more Second Amendment news and information. But until then, be well, be safe, and be free.